Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. At Anchor Church, we like to say, we have this hope. During this series, we learn about the past, present, and future of Anchor Church and everything that we stand for. Again, welcome. We're glad that you're here. This has been a series that has been fun for me. It's been a series that I've wanted to do for a while, but uh, it is is perfect in timing with the one-year anniversary, the one-year birthday coming up, and so I'm excited to be able to walk us through really kind of the the vision and the heart behind Anchor Church. And so over the last couple weeks, we've been talking about our logo and talking about what it actually means because there are hidden messages. I love hidden things. (laughs) <laughs> hidden many meanings, puns. You know, if you say something that is a little bit punny and people don't really notice, it's funny to me, but maybe they didn't catch it. It's hidden. The fact that I just said punny is funny, and so I think that's good. It's okay, Camille. Don't worry about it. That's, me. that's my voice. You're gonna have to get used to it, baby girl. All right? It's okay. It's okay. I know it's a little scary, a little whiny and high-pitched, but it's gonna be fine. Um, no, but we've been, we've been walking through our anchor and, uh, and so uh, on the screen, we have our, our logo here, and uh, many of you have seen this. It's on our website. It's on a sign outside. Maybe you didn't quite understand or know what it was saying the entire time, but uh, we start out down here. In our first week, we talked about how we're not perfect. As Christ followers, we're not perfect. We, as human beings, we're not perfect, and so that's really kind of the core of who we are because the Scripture would tell us that we're sinners. All, all of us, every single one of us, fall short of the glory of God, and so because of that, we aren't perfect, but there was one person who was perfect, and that was Jesus, and so at the center of our logo, by the way, Those are the imperfections. You can see the imperfections within our logo. But in the center of our logo is a cross. So when people say, hey, what's Anchor Church all about? Hey, you've been going to that church down the street. What's going on with that church? Uh, Is it a cult? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, We're not perfect. It's 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 an imperfect church full of imperfect people. But you know what all these people need? They need Jesus, and there's a, there's a cross right at the center of our logo because Jesus died on the cross for our imperfections, that we would be raised to life, that we would be a new creation. We talked about that last week because at the top of our logo is that little uh, tomb-shaped thing at the top of the, the anchor. Most anchors have a little circle. We put a little tomb in there because we want people to understand that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is no longer in a tomb. He no longer is dead. He is alive. He was risen from the grave. He is risen from the grave. And we hype the hope of a risen Savior every single Sunday. And that's something that we'll talk about. We'll talk about the excitement of Jesus being alive and how every single one of us who are fall short of the glory of God, that we are not perfect, but because Christ, <clears throat> because, excuse me, because Christ died for us, we have hope because he is risen and he uh, put death to bed and is, is alive. And so the final, and, uh, final piece of the logo is the fact that we have these little arrow things pointing outward, uh, arrow things. Anybody that knows what an anchor is is, is absolutely shaking their head in shame with me. Um, but the little, the, little, the little arrow thingies um, point outward, and I was very purposeful with that because I wanted us to be known as an outward church. Uh, we wanna be a generous church. 
We wanna be able to respond to the gospel. We wanna be able to respond to what Jesus did for us with generosity. And so we want to be outward focused. We don't wanna be inward focused. We don't wanna be a museum for the saints, museum for the perfect people. We want to be a hospital for the broken. And so that's what Anchor Church is all about. And with that said, we are going to be a generous church. And that's something that we talk about every single Sunday. We might not highlight how we are a generous church or the generosity that we're a part of, but we talk about it every single Sunday to the very bare minimum of being able to give a dollar for every orange card that we collect to a local nonprofit, which by the way, we do that every single Sunday. So we are giving money away every single time somebody turns in an orange card. We wanna support local nonprofits that are doing a slam dunk job in our communities. And that is how we do things locally. And that has been able to open the door for us to be able to do even greater things within some of these organizations. And it's been a fun experiment within this last year. And it's something that we will continue to do as we grow as a church. And I'm excited about the partnerships that we are starting to develop with some of these nonprofits. They see that we are willing and able to participate in their ministries and willing and able to participate in what they're doing. And a lot of nonprofits are just waiting for people to come crawling to them. And when we actually are doing that, they're jumping on board with what, uh, with what we come. So, you know, we, we are giving money to different organizations every single month, and, um, and, and, and they're excited about that, and it's been fun to see that, and that partnerships and partnerships start to grow. And also, we've been able to partnership with other nonprofit organizations, not just locally, but around the world. Uh, my friend Sean Kuntz was here a couple weeks ago, and uh, we, would, we would love to do more, but we were supporting them for their, their trip here and be able to, to just be a blessing to them as they were um, staying in Orlando, really just to spend some time with us personally, but also with us as a church. And we've, we've also sent a lot of money, a lot of money, we've sent some money over to refurbish classrooms in Kenya uh, with the World Hope Organization. And we've been able to sponsor a couple trips that have, have, have taken uh, the place, place over there this last summer, which by the way, next summer I'm planning and would love to be able to go to Kenya, Africa. And if you're interested in that, then we would love to be able to open the door for you to join us, to be able to go on a trip, to be able to experience a place such as Kenya. And so we are a generous church, and it's so much more than just the things that I've said, but it's really how we respond to a lot of different things. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how we are generous. Anchor Church is a generous church, and it's because of what Jesus did for us. As we look at that logo and we understand that it's almost like a cycle. If we look at the fact that we're not perfect, that could be a daily thing. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. So daily, I could recognize the fact that I'm a sinner and that I'm not perfect, but you know what? That's okay because Jesus died for my imperfections, and hallelujah, he's alive, and he's not in the grave anymore, and because of what he did for me and because he rose from the grave, I can be generous. I can be excited about what he's, what he's doing in my life. I have hope and I wanna be able to spread that hope. And I would like to think that I'm a generous person. <laughs> and maybe at times that I am, but I, I fall short of that often. Even this week I was thinking about how I have fallen short with my generosity. And it's not always with finances. And that's really how we're gonna what we're gonna highlight today. But it, we, a lot of times we think generosity is all about the money, money, money. Money, 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 money. It's not always about that. Money. Okay, it's not always about that. So don't think that that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being generous. So why is it important for us to be in generous? Why is, why is being generous important? Because for argument's sake today, I'm gonna talk about 
the fact that it is worship. When we are generous, we are worshiping. And if we're not worshiping him, then we're worshiping something else. And that's when we fall into the, 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 the idea of worshiping idols and false gods. Because we can start to worship a lot of different things with where we spend our time, with where we spend our talents, with where we spend our treasure, and with where we spend our testimony and being able to share a story. We can worship I've been reading this book with a friend of mine, Mike, and um, it's called Grace and Truth, and it points out and it tells this story. This is a hypothetical story, of course, but it, it, it paints a picture of something so um, amazing that I wanted to read it with you this morning. It says this, imagine a great and generous king. In the midst of his benevolent reign, he hears that his subjects have revolted. He sends messengers to investigate. The rebels kill them, so he sends his dear son, the prince, and they murder him viciously, hanging his body on the city wall. What would you expect the king to do now? Send his armies to take revenge, right? Kill the rebels, burn the villages in the ashes, burn them down to the ground. But that king certainly has both power and the right to avenge himself. But what if the king turned around and offered those criminals full pardon? I will accept my son whom you murdered as the payment for your rebellion. You may go free. All I require is for you to admit your transgressions and embrace my son's purchase for your forgiveness. We'd all be stunned, blown away to hear this, wouldn't we? But the king's not finished. I invite any of you to come live in my palace, eat at my table, and enjoy the pleasures of my kingdom. And I will adopt you as my own children and make you my heirs. So everything that is mine will be yours forever. Incredible. Then he says, I won't force you to accept my offer, but the only alternative is spending the rest of your life in prison. The choice is yours. Can you imagine somebody responding, how dare the king send anybody to prison? What a cruel tyrant. And this is God's grace to us. And if we are trying to comprehend it, it doesn't stretch our brains, then we just aren't getting it. But if that was the scenario, with our lives, we would worship. And we would be so thankful that we were not held captive as a prisoner, that we would not have to pay the debt of death, that the only response would be worship. And so that is in it, within itself generosity. We can respond with generosity. In Luke 9, 23, it's that verse that I quoted just a little while ago, and it's one that we've mentioned a couple weeks ago. It says that if anyone wants to come after me, these are the words of Jesus, he must deny himself. He must deny himself. He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. He must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Death to selfie is really what it needs to be said. This life is not about us. John 3.30, I've said it once and I'll say it again. It's my favorite Bible verse. It says that we need to have less of me and more of him. 
He must increase, meaning Jesus must increase in my life while I must decrease. The reason being is because it's not about me. And anytime I make something about me, I create an idol in my life and it's worshiping me or it's worshiping other things that is not God. Anytime we put something in a higher power or in more importance than God, that becomes an idol in our life and we become and, be, and begin to worship that. And it's a lie. Satan took Jesus and, and tempted him three different times, all with the ideals of ideology. And he was basically saying, hey, I'm gonna rent this out to you. I'm gonna rent this, this thought and this, this thing that you are the most incredible person, that this, all this land and this kingdom is yours. I'm gonna let you have all this if you do this. He was creating an idol and Jesus turned it down every single time because he's perfect. And not all the times do we do that. But when we decide that something is more important than God, we're just renting position in our life. And what happens Oftentimes when we rent something, we get kicked out. I've, I just talked to somebody recently who said, you know what, I, I, I was renting and the landlord just decided, you know what, um, I'm gonna sell the house and you have to move out. You've got 30 days. And they had been living there for years. But Jesus says, you know what, no, I'm not gonna do that because all this stuff, I've gotta go through some stuff first, but then it's gonna be mine. I'm gonna own all that but I've got to pay the penalty. I've got to pay the debt. I'm going to, I'm, all that's going to be mine. I don't have to rent anything from you. And the same thing goes for us. We don't have to rent anything from Satan. And when we, when we take up an, uh, an idol, that's what we're doing. We're just renting some pleasure for a short-term purpose. And God wants so much more from you than that. And so the scenario of the king, when we fail and we deny ourselves, when we fail at worshiping Jesus, we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're making up an idol. And so in the idea of this king, the, the place where Jesus takes place in our life and he did what he did for us, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same story of Jesus in our life. And I wanna tell you today that in a response, we respond with generosity. So how do we defeat the ideology? How do we, uh, I, I, uh, the idols in our life? The first thing that we have to do, the number one thing that we have to do is that we have to recognize that generosity doesn't come from the heart of, uh, it, it, that it comes from the heart of compassion. It comes from the heart of selflessness. It comes from worship. Uh, and it's got to kick out our pride. We've got to deny ourselves and we've got to take up our cross daily. Colossians 3 verses five and six says that we need to put to death what belongs to your worldly nature. And it lists a few things here, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, all of this and all of which is idolatry. That's what I keep meaning to say, but that's the word right there, idolatry, not ideology. But we've got to put to death these idols. We're not gonna let them rent space in our life because the one who took, owner, took ownership. And so with that, with our generosity, we give of our time. That's the first and biggest one that we celebrate at Anchor Church as far as generosity. It's the four T's in the, in, the, in the corporate world. Maybe you know the three T's, but it's the four T's here at Anchor Church, and the first one is time. And oftentimes, we say that our most valuable thing is time. And for me, I fell short this week. There was, there was a promise that I, did, that I made to Davis that I was gonna throw the football with him, but you know what I didn't give him? My time. 
I was not generous with my time this week to my son. There were other times, but the one time that he wanted to do it, I told him I couldn't do it. I was basically saying that this is more important and I was not being generous with my time. We all have time to be able to give. We can be generous with it. We can be generous with our time. We can volunteer. We can be able to just have that one conversation with somebody who needs a conversation with somebody. So many times we say no to people because we just don't want to give them our time. But God is telling you, give up some of your time. It's special, it's important, yes. It may be the most valuable thing that we have, but give up of your time. Volunteer, listen to somebody, be available. The disciples gave up their time to be with Jesus. Several of them were approached out of the middle of nowhere and they just started to begin to follow Jesus. They, they put down their, 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 their um, professions and they began to follow Jesus. They gave up their time. The second T is talent. We all have talents to be able to share. We all have talents that we have, that we're gifted with. God has given you a gift of some sort of talent. You have the ability to do something. You might not have been able to recognize it yet. You might be able to talk to somebody. You might be a good talker. You might talk too much. You should talk to somebody. You might have, here's another talent, just free time. You, ta time is a valuable thing for a lot of people, but sometimes, you know what? I've got a lot of time. That becomes a talent. If you can be somewhere for a little while, more extra than another person, that's, that's, a, that's a valuable commodity. You might have a little bit of strength. You might have youth. You might have some of these things that maybe somebody else doesn't have. It doesn't have to be this all-star basketball talent. It might just be something very, very small that makes a difference in somebody else's life. I remember one time I thought I had a talent. Basketball. My mom, she loves me very much, but she would recognize the fact that after watching me play three years of high school basketball, I was not the best basketball player. But in my mind, I was a pretty good basketball player. They just didn't put me in. I went to a school of about 1,200 kids, right? And I was on the high school basketball team. So I thought I was hot stuff. Alex is in the room, I see him sitting over there. And I remember when he was in high school, I thought, you know, he, has a, he goes to a school of about 12 people. And he's on the basketball team. There's no way he's better than me because I went to a bigger school. So I said, Alex, let me, I'll get you one-on-one. -on -one. You remember this day or no? It's the most humbling, embarrassing day of my life. Played a little one-on-one -on -one with Alex and about five minutes in, my ankle was hurting and I couldn't play anymore because he was beating me. And I realized, you know what? I'm not that good at basketball. With that being said, sometimes we think that we're the most talented person in some area or another. And we think, man, they don't recognize my talent. They're not, they're not using me. And that happens in all places. It happens in the workforce. It happens even at church. And I want to tell you right now, if you feel like your talent's not being used, so you're just sitting on the sideline, you still do something. If you're a team player, a team player is making the next person better. 
And I don't know what that means for you personally, but we need a lot of people to do a lot of different things at Anchor Church. And if you're just sitting on the sideline, I'm telling you, we could use you. Whatever your talent may be. You may be the best pipe and drape putter-upper there ever has been. And you think, well, they're not using me for my pipe and drape skills, so I, I, I don't want to help out. We, hey, we would love you. We would love for you to tell us how to make it better. <laughs> but there's a lot of different ways for you to be involved and use your talents. Treasure. Now we can talk about money. When we give of our treasure, it is our finances. And there's a Bible verse that says this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you know what? We can say this for all the T's. For where your time is, there will your heart be also. Where your talent is, there will your heart be also. Where your testimony is, there will your heart be also. But we're talking about treasure. Because where you give of your time, where you give of your talent, and where you give of your treasure, that's where your heart's gonna be. Sometimes we feed idols in our life with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure. But the thing at Anchor Church, when we talk about being a generous church, yes, we're talking about time. Yes, we're talking about talent. Yes, we're talking about testimonies. We're talking about treasure too. We do give a lot of money. There are four ARC churches starting this day, and we are a part of that. We have been able to give to those four churches that are starting and launching on this Sunday. And I'm proud of that because we are part of that as well. We've been able to partner with a lot of nonprofits this last year. We've given well over $1,000 to local nonprofits. We've given well over $3,000 to churches starting in the United States. And we've given a couple thousand dollars to um, third world countries like Kenya and World Hope. We're a generous church. That money comes from somewhere. So does the money to buy things and to, to make rent here at the, at the schools. But it's not all about that. And I don't want you to think that it's all about that because it's not. This verse says, for where your treasure is, there where your heart will be also. And it's the idea that sometimes we hold on to our money so much that we don't become generous and we begin to worship our God. Even though that our money says in God we trust, we don't necessarily trust God with our money and our finances. And so we have an opportunity to be a part of something generosity-wise, of giving-wise, where we don't want, and as a church, we don't want money to control you. We don't want it to become an idol for you. And it's a difficult conversation because that's a hard thing that we like to hold on to. And again, we're not out to grab your money. We just wanna be able to teach generosity out of the overflow with compassion, with selflessness and understanding what the gospel means and how we can be generous. And the fourth T is this, testimony. I added this when we were putting our church stuff together because I love the fact that Time, talent, treasure, boom, testimony. Testimony is so important to be able to share something that God has done in your life 
That is thinking outward. It's being able to share with a neighbor or share with a friend all about what Anchor Church is about, about what God's doing personally in my life. And this is what's happened through what I've been a part of at Anchor Church with what God has been doing in my life as a result of just me taking that next step and being more involved with other believers. It's important my brother-in-law, Derek, has a roofing business in Orlando, and, uh, and they just became the number one uh, voted roofing company in all, all of Orlando by Orlando Weekly. And it's all because of the testimonies that they received. And if you go and look them up, they've got like a five-star Google review through testimonies, personal testimonies. It matters, and it makes a difference. It's important. And I've got a friend, Mike, that's gonna come up here and he's gonna share a little bit about um, just his testimony with me. And I wanna welcome him. Mike, come on up here. We're gonna pull these stools aside. And I wanna, I wanna talk to him a little bit about um, just his personal journey um, here and with his faith. So we're gonna sit down just for a minute. I'll take it this way. And um, I have a microphone here for you. But Mike, we were talking about a couple different things um, on Wednesday morning, and this is the reason why this even got brought up, because in our men's group, we were just kind of talking a little bit about who we are, and, uh, and Mike shared a little bit what, about what he's going to share this morning, and I thought it was so important that I was like, hey, would you mind, we're going to talk about testimony on Sunday, would you mind just sharing a little bit about that? So um, Mike is extremely um, thrilled to be up here this morning. He's absolutely thrilled. <laughs> he's, not, he's never experienced this before. Is his microphone on? Can you guys hear them? Hello? There he is. There okay, so, um, but Mike, Mike and his wife, Taylor, just moved to uh, Maitland uh, four or five months ago, not even six months ago, or about six months We're ago? We're actually hitting six now, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so they moved down from Cincinnati, Ohio, and, uh, and I really kind of just want to touch on a little bit of that, but let's, let's reverse a little bit more with your involvement at your church before you moved down and how you got involved with the men's ministry there. I know that maybe some people in here are thinking, I don't, I, I've never been involved with a small group before, or I've never been involved with any type of ministry other than just showing up. Um, what got you to that point to be able to join this men's group that you were a part of that was so impactful for you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just, um, a lot of it came down to faith and trust. Um, we, we were searching around. We weren't really extremely involved in a church. We thought we needed to when our daughter was born. We just, we forced it and never happened. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of fell into trying out this church as this big mega church. We loved your reference earlier because we're like, oh, this has got to be a cult. This is, <laughs> it's got to be. Um, but we ended up falling into it and we, we go to this church and we, we kind of liked it. And, um, you know, I had a, a friend that I had met through business. Uh, he had worked with us a while back and he, I always saw these Facebook promos they did for this thing they called man camp um i was like oh well, it looks really cool i felt really drawn to do it but i was like oh, i don't go to that church i can opt out um ended up going uh we started going to the church let me just pause yeah. you right there again here's a friend who is involved with something who eventually gave him an invite that's that's a testimony that's just real simple this is my stamp of approval i don't know if you've been on facebook before and you liked another group or another page before but it had like somebody else, like I've literally liked something on Facebook because one of my friends who I trust liked that organization. And so I was like, well, if so-and-so likes it, then it's probably not that bad. So yeah. same thing kind of happened for you. That's the importance of just even the smallest of testimonies, but go yeah, ahead. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we're sitting in service and my lovely wife, Taylor, nudged me. She's like, hey, you don't, you don't really have an excuse anymore. We're going to this church now. So 
Um, I signed up for it, found out my boss was going. I think this is kind of an important part of, of the, the story. Um, I had signed up to be in a group with my boss because a weekend, you know, this spiritual getaway, schmoozed up with my boss. It'd be great for a professional. Um, that, that very night. Who agreed? First of all, let me, who, hey, let's go camping. Hey, yeah. Awesome. Let's, with my boss. Oh, great. Hey. You had a good relationship with your boss. I, I did. I did. Um, but uh, so that very night, I actually ran into the, the gentleman that I referenced earlier who had started this whole concept of man camp. Um, I actually ran into that night. I hadn't seen him for two years. That very night that I'd signed up, um, and I was like, I felt this weight on me. I'm like, man, I messed up. That's not what this is for. This is for spiritual growth. And I asked him, I was like, So hey, you realized you shouldn't have been with your boss. I shouldn't have been with my boss. It was a cop-out. It was, e- it was the easy path. Uh, to be was, with somebody familiar. It was familiar. Yeah. It was comfortable. I, I would have, you know, it would have been very topical. But I could have, you know, checked, off, checked the box, say, yep, I went. But not really got taken much away from it. So anyway, I talked to him, and I was like, hey, man, I did this. Can you, can you fix it? Um, and, uh, and he did, he moved it around. I show up to meet my, my group, my unit with just like 10 other guys. Uh, nine of them knew each other, me being the 10th. Um, <laughs> You're the odd man out. I was the odd man out. Um, but you know what, that, that got catalyst started the, this whole thing where, um, you know, we fell into community. Uh, we started really uh, contributing and, and serving at our church. Uh, my wife, you know, stepped outside of a lot of boxes there. It really helped, um, you know, the, the message there was that we, to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very passive in faith. I was passive, you know, in my family. I loved my family. I'd do stuff, but I wasn't leading my family. I was a contributor to my family. I wasn't leading my family. Um, so we made that step, and it was a huge uncomfortable step, um, but we saw a lot of, a lot of gains from it spiritually, um, with our friends, our community. Um, it just, it all kind of started happening. Uh, we ended up buying a house in that community, uh, just really, you know, everything is community-based. And, you know, when we talk about the small groups and things like that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody who's up here who's, you know, checking all the boxes, all the four T's all day, every day. Um, I fall short a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we started kind of going through as a family and really focusing where we're spending our time and efforts. And, you know, community is what led us here. Um, you know, we, uh, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the path That's of the fine. story there. Um, but community but, is what led us here. Go I ahead. was going to say, so you were, you were up there um, with family, with a boss who you just absolutely adore, <laughs> <laughs> that you want to go camping with, yeah. um, friends, community, being a part of everything up there, but then all of a sudden you moved down here, not because you had to, but because why? Yeah, so, I mean, we, it, it started with a, a job opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I mean, it wasn't a huge difference. Uh, my wife and I, are, are, we, I was actually surprised. Um, we, we were talked about it. Uh, this opportunity came up. It's not a, I didn't have to relocate. I could have stayed exactly where we're at. Um, you know, I was doing, doing well in my job at, in Cincinnati and we had this awesome community of friends. We had this church that we felt part of and well connected with. Uh, we had started a small group, like all these things that two years ago I wouldn't even thought were possible. And we're just like, we had multiple times before this came up, we're like, man, we're like, this is it. Like, we finally did it. We're here. And then God's like, hey, how about Orlando? You, you have no family. You have no friends. Uh, zero community. But um, it, it was, you know, we had, we've been led on this path of stepping into things where we're uncomfortable, um, letting God lead and not let, you know, not letting our comfort lead. 
Um, and which can become an idol. I mean, it really yeah. can. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so easy to fall into it. And it's, uh, you know, you, you, you run into these things and you feel like you're doing, I mean, it's not like anything we were doing at Cincinnati was bad. I mean, we were following Christ. Mm-hmm. We were in community with friends. We were giving of ourselves. It's not like any of those things were bad, but it also, you know, we weren't here to, to be in a life of comfort. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be, you know, going outward with our testimony, with our, with our treasure. Everything's supposed to be outward. So, you know, we were very, we were very blessed to get the opportunity and it was, we, we spent a lot of time praying about it and it was just, it was a lot easier of a decision to leave, you know, what this we picture as our solidified life of community, friends, family, um, to just pick up and go and follow God. Um, and, you know, spent stemming off the community piece. That's what led us here. Yeah. Um, we knew that it's vital to be close to where you are. Church is not a Sunday thing that in yeah. our, in our minds, like, Church is where you get to meet the people for the first time, but it continues outside of church, getting in groups, um, just hanging out. I mean, it doesn't always have to be a structured thing. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out with somebody and being able to share somebody in similar values and faith. Um, so we looked at, we did a Google search when we moved down here, and uh, it was a Thursday. Good and, reviews, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, the website was awesome. That's what, that's, that's what sealed the deal. All right. Um, no, was, we did a quick Google search, and we see them, and... Uh, we actually looked over to our, our five-year-old, uh, Reagan, and we're like, hey, what, which one do you like? And she's like, Anchor Kid sounds cool. All right, let's try it out. Uh, so we come from a church that is like 2,000, 2,500 people every service, four services a weekend. And we walk in, and we're like, okay, there's like 18 people here. This is different. But what was, what was really cool about it was the, the message um, is everything community-based, you know, unpolished. Uh, it's... It felt like home the day, day one. That's awesome. That's good. And that's, that, I mean, that's what I'm talking about as far as just being able to share what God's doing. And I think the biggest thing for me when Mike was sharing this story with me was the fact that he loved our website. And um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, what, the biggest thing really was for me that, um, that, that he, he left this great place of comfort. Now, I, I, there's so many different things that I think that many of us can pick out from, the, from his testimony. But for me, because I feel like it would be the hardest thing for me to do is to leave an area of comfort like he did and to move somewhere so different where there's nobody that he knows and just be able to just jump in and do that. And I, like to me, that made the biggest impact. And that's why I wanted you to share the story. But there's a lot of multifaceted, multi-layers to, to that story that I think that can touch all of us. And I think there's a place for every single one of us to be involved in a group like this, to be a part of community. Um, the men's group that meets on Wednesdays, the, the ladies' group that's going to be meeting on Tuesdays, uh, there's, there's family group. There's a lot of places for you to be able to be connected and be a part of a community, and I, I want that for you. Yeah. Uh, not because I want you to just be in a group so that you know, it sounds cool, but because that's really what I want for you. My heart is for you to be connected with other people so that you have other people in your life, so that you can live not just Sunday to Sunday, like it's uh, like, you know, we're hopping on a lily pad. You just can't, I got to get to Sunday to be able to be around people. No, we want to live life with people. We want to experience life with people. We want to do that together in Christ. And that's what it's all about. So that's my prayer for you. And that's my prayer for all of us. And that's my prayer for the church as we move forward and we go into year two of Anchor Church. We want to focus on these four things. The fact that we're not perfect. The fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The fact that Jesus is alive today. And the fact that we are a generous church, that we give of our time, 
we give of our talents, we give of our treasure, and we give of our testimony to be able to aliven and awaken our community so that we can be able to help them find and follow Jesus, which is the mission of Anchor Church. We have this hope to help people find and follow Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.